You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Techman Podcast number 267. David's returning today. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about because I'm doing the intro before we've done the show. So why? Techman. Tech Fan Podcast 267. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. <laughs> a little slow on the. I know sometimes I'll say your name. Sometimes I give that awkward pause, and you got to jump in. Yeah. You there? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Scott must be playing up. That's why I must mic you. Mm, no. I didn't fool you then. Mm, no, <laughs> I know. I know Skype problems when I hear them. I've, I've yeah. had a decade of experience. <laughs> Haven't we all? Mm, everybody on this show, yes. Yeah. So, how was your trip? You went on a uh, cruise. I did. Yeah, up to the Arctic Circle, closest you can get to um, the North Pole from Europe. So. About a thousand miles away from the North Pole. That's cool. So that was it. Was it was cool? Yeah, it was fun. Aurora Borealis, nice. or how do you say that? No, you can't see those this time of year because it's um, summer there. So it's actually the land of the midnight sun at the moment. So uh, the sun was going down about two forty-five in the morning. Uh, sorry, about one forty-five in the morning, and, and coming up again about two thirty. So it never really got dark. It was just like a like forty-five minutes of twilight, and then it came back up again. That'd be weird. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> that would mess me up. And and then of course the flip side is um, at this the you know six months away in the middle of the winter it just stays dark all the time. <laughs> yeah. Funnily, funnily enough, we were in um, we were in Tromso, which is one of the biggest cities that far north, and they actually hung a big sign on the side of the ship facing the water, saying "Heavy security and cameras, uh, immigrants." to warn the uh, any immigrants who might have been settled, uh, you know, these Syrians and Afghanistan people and stuff like that. Some of them have been sent up to Tromso, and apparently they don't like it because it's cold and it's dark um, and it's wet. And uh, so, yeah, they had this big sign up to warn them that um, the deck was being patrolled and not to try and sneak on board the ship. <laughs> you think anybody did? I, d I don't think anybody tried because I think uh, they they know now that that's 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 not going to work out for them. But uh, that's how attractive Tromso is to people who don't live there. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, any uh, any tech things going on? Well, uh, well, a couple of infuriating tech things. It, it annoys me how some people can't use simple technology like elevators. Um. You spend a lot of time. The ship, the ship is a thousand feet long. It's fifteen decks high. You spend um, a lot of time on decks. elevators. You spend a lot of time on elevators, and there's three and a half thousand people on this thing, um, so the elevators can get busy. So what a lot of people started doing was, well, they're going to go down, but they're going to press the up button as well, and then when the elevator comes, they're just going to get in it. Oh, you know, well, and and you'd hear people say this, say, oh, well, at least I'm in it now. And you're thinking, no, that just ruins it even more for everybody else. Mm -hmm. You are sending elevators the wrong way, and you are taking spots that other people could use because you're too stupid to wait for the elevator going in the right direction. So stuff like that kind of winds me up. Yeah. But the um, yeah the uh, we uh, they had um, they had this they call it movies under the stars on the ship, which is is massive, really bright. Um, LED screen uh, up on the top deck where you could sit out and watch films on, um, which a lot, not a lot of people did on this trip because it was cold. But um, that was pretty cool. Um, I, I said, I said to the owner, I said we we need one of those for our living room, right? <laughs> about 40, about forty feet across. Yeah. But the quality of it was, was really impressive. Hmm. I mean, it really was very very good. And on the final night, um, 
Alexander had been had been kind of in the teen area, and, and they they even gave him an award for being the uh, the, the cruise's biggest video game maniac because he spent spent so much time playing uh, playing video games. But they plugged a uh, a Wii in it and had a Mario Kart challenge on this on this massive screen, and that was pretty cool. No, that'd be neat. Um, yeah, yeah, it's having four way Mario Kart where your um your screen is about uh, five six feet across. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Almost <laughs> VR, it's so big. Exactly, yeah. I just got a uh, message. I got a friend request from somebody yesterday on Facebook. I didn't know who this mm-hmm. woman is, but I figured if it's spammy stuff, I'll just block them and report them. But yeah. I got a message from this uh, person this morning, like not too long ago, and it says, it's from this person, <clears throat> do you have a brother named Sean and one named Larry Jean? Mother's maiden name Taylor? I think you are, it's you and then a... You know, the letter U yeah. and then R. I think you are my long-lost cousin, but not sure. And I wrote back, nope, sorry. <laughs> not me. That sounds like, sounds like spam to me. No, I don't think so. I looked at her account, and uh, it, it didn't look like a spammy account. been posting for years, so I think okay. she thought I was a long-lost cousin. I, look, it's because of Facebook that I connected with my biological father's half of the family and found out that I had two brothers I had never known before. And, you know, I talked about meeting one of them here. I still haven't met the other one, although I'm friends with him on Facebook. He's a big baseball guy. His kids play. Right. And then my other brother is a hunter and fishing guy. And I'm neither one of those things. So (laughs) not much in common. No, but it, it's cool how you can do that through social media. I, I mean, there used to be loads of loads of individual sites that let you do that sort of thing. It was Friends Reunited was was yeah. one of the big ones, uh, and things like that. But now Facebook's taking it all over. Yeah, oh, it, it totally is. It's not taking. It took it over. It's yeah. it's a done deal now. <laughs> I hope this lady finds the you know, person she's looking for. That'd be cool. I know that a lot of people rail against the size, including myself, <laughs> who rail against the size and ubiquity of things like Facebook. But there is kind of unifying aspect to that, which uh, improves all of those functions. You know, yeah. you, you know, if you are, if you decide you want to go looking for family members and everything, the fact that you can do it all on Facebook, and you have all the different services that Facebook can offer to try and reach out to somebody is a real advantage versus doing it over two or three separate individual websites. And I was thinking about this um, in light of your discussion last week with, uh, with Glenn and the, um, you know, adding the Internet of Things to, uh, social, to uh, washing machines and stuff. That it seems to me the problem with that sort of stuff is that at the moment everyone's doing it on their own and they're building their own solutions and so those things aren't unified. You really want all of those things to be talking to some central system somewhere, whether it's in your house or in the cloud or whatever, that brings all of those disparate bits of data together um, and makes uh, and makes them a cohesive whole. Almost like you know, um, in, in the movies like Jarvis does in Tony Stark's house, he can ask that had the computer in the house anything about anything in his house or his workshop or anything, and it knows the answer because they're all hooked together. Whereas at the moment, if you have a Nest thermostat and you have the Philips light bulbs and you have the uh, security cameras and you have the Ring doorbell and then you have your maybe your washing machine, those are all like separate websites, separate apps, separate services. They don't work together, and to me that's that's kind of missing the real benefit of of actually hooking the internet up to these things very true so did you like the interview that i did last week i did it was fun i thought so i had a lot i had a good time doing it um got some feedback from that too most of it just i mean not not show feedback just you know really enjoyed the show uh interesting to hear about the guy that you know invented these things that we love so much um i find i i did the comment he made quite just towards the end where he said that he wishes people remembered him for things other than the Apple stuff. Right. I found that interesting. I did too. Because you, you stop and think about it and think, well, actually, the work he... And, and it, it wasn't because because he kind of just touched on it before as he was playing in Evans history. It wasn't clear exactly what he, was do, what he did at Adobe. But he was involved in... You know that whole. So again, going back to the point I just made about having a common service for some of this stuff. Yeah. The fact we can now 
write something on the screen and then bring it out of a printer um, and it looks the same way. Uh, I mean, Adobe is instrumental in making that happen and computing would be very different if that wasn't if that wasn't possible and he was there you know virtually at day one building that stuff and that's that is probably far more life-changing than iMovie or or iPhoto ever will be is the fact that you know he's he helped put in one of the bedrocks of the way people use computers now yes but I mean he is the guy who wrote iMovie and you know iPhoto to me that's a that was a singular project that probably had a, a bigger impact than I think that he was kind of giving himself credit for. So that's why I was kind of concentrating on that aspect of it. It's like, no, this this is huge. I mean, this is uh, not to say that what you just said isn't because, uh, honestly, it's probably more huge. But I think he was more part of a team on those technologies, whereas iMovie and iPhoto, at least from the interview, that that was him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I guess from his point of point of view now, the, the, those products themselves have kind of disappeared. They've been replaced by something else, so they're more history than uh, than something that's live to him now. And that's why I, you know, when he said he wants, he hopes he's remembered for more than just that. I, to me, it was almost, dude. That's those things are huge. I mean. Do you yeah. do you want to be known for the as a laundry king guy, or do you want to be known for giving people careers and jobs? And and to me, that's a much bigger accomplishment, regardless of yeah, what happens well, with the washing machine. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, he, he's he's clearly a guy who likes to change the world with everything he's doing. So yeah, he's an interesting cat. I'll give him that. I, he's yeah. very very interesting. Um, something cool happened to me while you were gone. Okay. Uh, I'm starting to get a little bit of side business on my Mac Productions, which is my uh, my business that I've had for many, 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 many years. And I used to do a lot of consulting, but I really haven't. I gave that up when I went to uh, Mac Specialist. Just didn't have the time, and I was gone from home all the time. Uh, but the website's been up there, and I got contacted somebody wanting help with spam, and I explained to them that that's not really. I can't really help them with that. It's someone's just spoofing their email address. Well, that led to his wife contacting me through the website, which is mymacproductions.com. And they got hacked, basically. Long story short, they got hacked. Uh, some of it's social media or social uh, social hacks. In other words, they called them on the phone. And they also got taken advantage of by a company that said that they worked with Google for Gmail support, which obviously isn't true. And you probably heard me talking to Owen about that. Yeah. Well, the last time I went out there, uh, I don't know if I said this on the show or not. Um, they had me transfer some information from one computer, an older computer, to a new one. Did I talk about that on the show? I don't know. Yeah, I think you did, yeah. And they were going to get rid of a 17-inch MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. I took it. Okay. And, uh, you know, obviously with their blessing... Yeah, I put an SSD in it. I put a brand new battery in it because the battery was bad, and I got it updated. This is a MacBook Pro 17 inch, early 2008, 2.6 gigahertz Core 2 Duo. It's got four gigs of RAM. Now it's got 128 gigabyte OWC SSD in it that I had laying around, and uh, man, this thing just it flies. This thing is it's really clean. And I haven't even really cleaned it yet. <laughs> but it runs it, great so now. Is, it, is this a unibody one, or is it one of the last of the uh, kind of previous before the unibody? Yeah, it's not. A, no, they never made a unibody 17. This is the very last they, 17 yeah, inch. They, they did. Did Actually, they? they? Yeah, I had because I had one for a while. But it didn't last for very long. So this was this one's been the one just before. Yes. Yeah, like a. Yeah, okay. Cool. It's fast. Mm. The screen looks great. It, uh,. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's just kind of sitting sitting over there with my other computers and not doing anything. I feel like I should do yeah. something with it. Maybe I ought to sell yeah. it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it'll sell, but uh, I, don't, I, always lo- I, I always had a thing for the 17 inches. I've had a... I had one like that, and uh, like in fact, probably pretty much the same one you have there. And I also, um, for a while, uh, a couple of years ago, I had a 
the 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 unibody one, which is the last one they did before they phased it out for the fifteen. Um, and they were they were nice machines. I always liked having that big screen, but the problem was they really aren't that portable. No, you can't try and convince yourself that they're portable, but um, they're not. <laughs> they really are so heavy. They, you know, I I picked it up and opened it up while I was talking to you, and I just I was sitting there thinking, man, this thing is a it's a beast. It's just it huge. Is, it is large, yeah. And uh, some people are like, well, why don't you use that as your main computer? Uh, I use a 15 inch uh, mid 2012 macbook pro non-retina yeah hooked to a 27 inch monitor so you know that is nice as a 17 inch it's not as nice as my 15 and i never actually opened my 15 it's it's closed and i use a yeah. 27 inch as the main screen occasionally if i'm doing some photoshop work and i need to i need more real estate than the 27 inch affords me then i'll open up to 15 inch and use that monitor as well but for the most part, it just sits there closed. It's the one that I posted on uh, TechmanPodcast.com a few times. The pictures yeah. of the ghosts and the Pac-Man and the rainbow Apple logo. Yeah, uh, it's a good computer. So I, I'm not. So it's so. So here's the thing with these older machines. I, mean, I, I think this is this is becoming an ongoing problem. Is that the you know they're, they're fast enough. Yeah. They they're not. Yeah, you're not going to um, render the next Pixar movie on a computer like that it's going to be too slow for that but for what most of us do day by day they're absolutely fast enough for pretty much everything particularly if you put the SSD in there um, and certainly if you gave it more RAM it'd probably be even better um, and and this is I'm sure this is going to be an ongoing problem for Apple and for everyone else in the industry going forward is that is that the, the improvements you get in computers now are so incremental and they're not to do with the core of it, the processors or anything like that. It really is the stuff that sits around it that makes the difference. Um, and a lot of people can manage with these much older machines. Yeah. And so they're not going to upgrade as often. My, I, I was talking to my mother this morning about uh, uh, she She told me that <coughs> she needs to replace her computer. Um, and, and then she said, she said, you bought me that computer, and, and I've forgotten I had. And I bought it for it 11 years ago. Wow. Yeah. It's it's kind of a, you know, it was a cheap £300 Acer, you know, kind of desktop box. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's been running Windows on it ever since, and it does everything she needs it to do. And, yeah, she, now she needs to replace it because it really is, is starting to get old and tired. But she's been using it for 11 years without a problem at all. Hmm. No. So in uh, more tech news, you know, I've got the Amazon Fire Stick. Yeah. And I've got it hooked up to my MAME arcade, which is sitting immediately to my left where I'm sitting here in front of my screen. And the monitor's, you know, a good five and a half feet up off the wall. And I've got that hooked also to a cable box so I can watch television on it. But the problem is it's kind of up there in the air. And I got to sit mm-hmm. there with my, you know, head tilted back looking at it. And it it's not a comfortable viewing experience is basically what I'm getting at. And it's, look, the TV's on an arm. I can rotate it left and right. Uh, I can uh, rotate it as far as making it vertical or horizontal. It can come out from the wall. But what I can't do is bring it down towards me. It doesn't go up and yeah. down. Mm-hmm. So the, about the only time I ever watch TV on it, to be honest, is if there's bad weather or I just want to see the morning news as I'm getting ready. I'm checking my email. I have that turned on and catching up on what's going on, right? Yeah. But I were, Or if the lions are on and the kids are doing something in the living room, I'll put the lions game in here. However, that's where the Fire TV stick has lived since I got it. And I never, ever use it. And so I I don't know how I came across a post. It might have been on Twitter. I think it was about hacking their Fire TV stick. And that got me the idea. You know, I'm not using mine. What if I hack it? You know? Okay. And there's different apps that you can put on there, different streaming apps. You can get videos from all over the place. Some illegal stuff, too, although I'm not really all interested in watching a cam version of Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, but I still thought this would be kind of fun, except... It's on that TV up there, and that's kind of a pain. So I came up with, I was thinking a brilliant idea of plugging it in to my 27-inch monitor because I've got HDMI on that. Mm-hmm. And then when I just wanted to watch that, I could just switch the screen over to HDMI input, and there you go. Yeah. 
here's the problem. How do I hook up sound to it? Now, my monitor actually has sound, but I cannot find a volume control anywhere for it. So I, I won't be able to turn up or turn down the volume. I also wouldn't be able to plug in headphones to this. So yeah. that's kind of a problem. And there's no remote control. And this, the controls for this Asus monitor sucks. Right, it's no always, remote control for the monitor. Correct. Yeah, okay, yeah. And so I can't control the volume. Switching between the inputs is like 20 menu pushes on a button that's on screen. It, it's it's so kludgy. I mean, oh, the most monitor, most monitor controls are terrible. Oh, they're just, it's just so, but why can't someone make a monitor? I guess because they're just dumb monitors. You just plug them in, you set it up once and that's it. All right. Yeah. But, and I would really like to be able to use this fire TV stick. I hooked it up. I didn't hack it or anything yet. Cause I hooked it up. Then I thought, mm, you know what? This kind of sucks. I mean, I, I want to, at the very least, I want to be able to turn the volume up or down. Well, you know what the stupid thing about this with with the monitors is most of these monitors nowadays have, um, you know, they're either connected to a device with with, um, connectivity or they have it built in. Right. You know, so why not? Why not spend the five dollars to put a Bluetooth chip or something in there and then have an app or a smartphone that allows you to control all this stuff without messing around with stupid buttons on the side or underneath with weird symbols and horrible menu systems. Absolutely. That's exactly my point because I kept going into something and I wanted to select it and then I would hit the wrong damn button yep. and then it would go back and I'm like, Oh, I mean, I, I look, I only messed with it for about 10 minutes, but it was 10 frustrating minutes. It was just, it was brutal. And I couldn't plug the, the fire TV stick directly into the HDMI port because of where they put it. It's too long. It, it hits something, so I can't get it in there. But I did have an HDMI extension, which is yeah. you plug it in, and then it comes out on a little wire, and then it has a female end that you can plug that into. Come, it comes in the box with the uh, Does it? Plastic, I yeah. couldn't remember if it did or not, or I bought it separate. I thought it did, but I wasn't sure. And I was using that on the uh, on the other arcade. But I don't know, man. I It, it seems like this would be a no-brainer. It should just be a button that I hit, and it just brings up the inputs and you push the button till you get to the input, stop pushing it. And then it defaults and it goes there. That's how it should be. Or at the very least make a, a little IR remote that will bring up an on-screen menu and change it that way. Mm. But putting all that aside, there's no volume control. How stupid is that? How stupid is it that I can't control the volume on this monitor? So it has built in speakers. It does, but no, but no volume control. I don't, I don't get it. It's it's stupid, but I I, I still want to hack the the Fire TV stick. So I thought, you know, it'd be cool if I could plug the Fire TV stick onto my Mac, and just have it in a window. But of course, the Mac doesn't allow that. You can't plug yeah. an HDMI input source to a Mac. The only ones you could do that with was an older iMac, which I had before the uh, the graphic chips blew in it. Yeah. That one I could because I actually hooked up a PS3 maybe for a little while to it. And that was kind of cool. Yeah. But ugh. it's 2016. Why can't I put an input into my Mac to watch video on? Why can't I connect? It, it, look, why can't I connect my satellite TV if I had one or my cable or an Apple TV or a Fire Stick or any of that? Why, why doesn't the Mac support HDMI in? It, it makes no. There's no technical reason that Apple couldn't do that. None, zero. No, there's no. There's no technical reason. It's just that they haven't done it, um, and presumably they think there's no demand for it. Um, and I've got to say, it probably is a reasonably niche thing. Yeah, cause but still, most most people want to. You know, they. I guess I guess the official response or would be, or the the most common response would be, well, you know, all the stuff the uh, Amazon TV stick can do, you can do on your Mac anyway. So why would you want to pl plug the stick in the side? That's true, and that and that's one of the things that I thought of. I I was like, well, but everything I want to do to the Fire TV stick, I can do that and a lot more and a lot easier on the Mac itself. Yeah, but still, 
I know. I I bought a fire uh, a second. I have one here in the house, but I bought a second one for using when I travel. Yeah. Um, in the last on the last Prime Day, so I got it for cheap, and uh, I, I really love it. I use it in the I, yeah, I use it in hotels, and um, it's great for that. You know, plug yeah. it into a into the TV in the hotel. I can watch iPlayer and stuff like that straight through the Fire TV stick. One thing that surprised me though is I have that um, the fifty dollar Amazon tablet. Mm-hmm. So I had both of them, and I thought, great, I can bring up some. I had some media on my uh, on my tablet on the SD card there. I thought I can watch that on the TV using the Fire TV stick. Nope. Except you can't. No. Which makes <laughs> no sense. Ch- the cheapest tablet does not allow you to stream video to anything else. Right. Uh, Which, I, you know, if you want that capability, you need to move up to a better tablet. I kind problem, of understand that, but by the I same token. I can understand that intellectually. The yeah. problem is, from a feature point of view, I had no idea that there was that differentiator. It's buried deep down in the specs. Um, and you kind of assume I've got two Amazon devices. That They'll talk to each to. other. Now, what I could do was use the... Um, use the uh, tablet to select Amazon Video in the Amazon Video app and have that play on the stick. And I don't know whether the stick was streaming it off yes. the tablet. No, it, wa- it was no, it wasn't. It straight off Amazon. Yes, that's exactly what it was doing. It, it was pulling itself from Amazon services, which Probably. you want it to do in that regard because it'll be faster. Well, the problem is is that sometimes in, in hotels the Wi-Fi is not great. Um, and actually, I just want to be able to play stuff locally. Yeah. Uh, and I was kind of hoping I could kind of do it like you can with the Chromecast and just stream stuff straight into it. And no, I couldn't. Nope. Um, you can get an app that lets you airplay to this to this TV stick from um, an iPad. Yep. Um, now I don't know whether it was the Wi-Fi network I was on, but I tried that, and it was just it was like slide frames. It was jerky and slow. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, but I, I was surprised. I wasn't. I must admit, I was a little bit surprised. You can't stream from a. Um, uh, from a, ch- a cheap Amazon tablet to the uh, to the TV stick. You know, here's another thing that was ticked me off and was surprising. Um, I need a desk calendar for my job, right? Mm-hmm. And Brooke and I were out driving last night, and we were right by a Walmart. So I ran into Walmart, figuring they'll have a desk calendar. They didn't, of course. Um, I should preface this by saying I have an Xbox One now. Mm. So I went into Walmart, and I thought, ah, you know, I'm going to go look at the video games real quick since I'm here. Yeah. And I've been kind of wanting the new Halo 5 game. Mm-hmm. And the standard version is still like 40 bucks. And But I thought about buying it. So I go over there, and I'm looking at the Xbox One games. The only ones I've got for Xbox One are the free Xbox Gold membership ones. Yeah. My uh, Xbox been cranking like five days now through downloading them all, and it keeps putting itself to sleep. And even though I've told it to download in the background when it's asleep, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Which I'm kind of glad right now because, you know, it'd be killing my bandwidth, and I couldn't do a podcast. But that being said, I saw a game that I couldn't believe that Walmart was selling at the price they were. They had the Halo 5 limited edition which is the metal box uh comes with a whole bunch of stuff in there including the game and it's regular 99 dollars. it's a hundred dollars right they had it on sale for 25 wow they had one copy left so it's cheaper than the standard version and it comes with an expansion pack and a whole bunch of stuff in there and it was 15 dollars cheaper it's 25 bucks i bought it yeah, I'm like this is that's I you I can't pass that up. Yeah, come home, put the disc in, and it says there's an update for this game. Do you want to update now? Well, yeah, because I want to play it, right? Yeah, it's a 42 gigabyte update. You cannot play it until you update the game for 42 gigabytes. Are you effing kidding me? Yeah, I can believe it. this is the problem. I, you remember the problem I had last I know. year with uh, I know with, um, what was it called. Uh, the bungee one, um, Warcraft or uh, no, D- Diablo began with, a, began with a D. Yeah, Diablo. but not Diablo. No, the, the space one, mm. the online space one. You know, everyone knows. Everyone's screaming at their um, device now. What I wonder what it's called. Uh, anyway, uh, it's not Blizzard, by the way. It's yeah, it's Bungie. Um, so Destiny. Uh, 
Destiny, that's the one, yeah. Took me a minute. And it was the same. Yeah, it was the I same didn't thing. cheat either, by the way. I didn't look online. I was. Um, I'm on the Xbox 360, so the game downloads aren't as large, but it was still nearly 15 gigabytes. And on my internet connection, that's pretty much an old stuff. Well, imagine having an Xbox One, and here's Halo 5. You go to the store, you buy it, you want to play it that day. You buy it at 10 o'clock in the morning, you get home, you plug it in. 40 plus gigabyte download. See, 40 gigabytes is basically replacing the entire game. I mean, that's, that's more exactly than, right. It's more than you can get on the disc. So it's basically saying, we just changed the entire game for mm-hmm. you. Um, this, this is unacceptable. Well, the I need to fire it up because when it said, do you want to do this? I said, no. And so it, it dumped me into the main screen. And then I saw, I thought, well, I'm just not going to play it right now anyway. So then I saw that it was ready to install. So I thought, hmm, it said it needed an update. And down here it says install. So I just said install. And it copied the same amount, 40-something gigabytes. Might have been 60. But I'm, I'm going to stick with 40 now. And it went a lot faster. But it still took over an hour. So I'm thinking that there's two things. It could, e, A, it still needs to download this giant update. Or B, when it said it needed to update, what it was really saying was it needs to install on your hard drive some files. And that's what I think it did. I don't know why it would still take that freaking long, over an hour. And, and as fast as my connection is here at home, there's no way I downloaded 40-something gigabytes in an hour. Uh, um, not only that as well. Some people, you know, the other thing with is, some people have got bandwidth caps. That would blow through a bandwidth cap, cost them real money. I, I you know, I, I really, I should fire it up right now and see if I could actually play the game. See, I, I don't. I, this is the problem that, that bothers me. I understand if they want to update their content, um, even though a lot of this stuff is dubious DLC rather than real gameplay changes. Right. Um, but. I don't understand why there's never an option unless the game is is com- so completely broken to say you know what ignore all of that stuff install the code install the bits that are on the disc and let's play those bits and we'll worry about the updates later I don't I don't get that well I also think that there's something on this one uh, that's actually on the disc it's the uh, it's this everything that comes with this uh, includes uh, obviously the game Warzone. Rec bundle. I don't know. Required bundle? I don't know what that is. But it came with a digital coupon that I had to put in. And I put the coupon in, but then it didn't install anything or download anything. So I'm thinking, okay, was that already on the disc? And you just had to pay. If I have to unlock it, you have to unlock it, which since I got this version, it came with it. But if I didn't, would that be something extra I'd have to buy that's already on the disc? To me, that's BS. Well, all of it is, to be honest. Any time you have this experience where you go out and buy something and then you can't play it straight away, right. that is just a fail. Uh, it's an absolute fail. I also came with uh, Halo, the Fallen Reach animated series. Now, that is a digital download. Um, it started and it was huge. And I was like, nah, let's not do that right now. So I canceled that. Guardian model by metal earth it's like this super sharp have band-aids ready metal sculpture that you got to put together which i'm not going to do spartan locks classified orders which uh, looks like little cars look stupid and dozier on blue team and fire team osiris i don't know what that is a little book or something but it's a nice little metal case i understand that that version you ended up even though it was so cheap was effectively is aimed at the uber fan who probably sure. appreciates and you know oh, really I, I, all this yeah, extra content absolutely stuff. i don't need all the extra content for me okay. yeah. i got the game for 25 bucks and it's regular 40 bucks right now and it was 60 bucks like a year ago yeah so I, I, i'm happy I, with I that they you know they they that some people really appreciate all this stuff and you know what if that's what you want and you want to pay money for it that's all power to you yeah the problem is is that the video game industry the movie industry to an extent as well is becoming so obsessed by all this extra dross on the side they are ignoring the core experience and if you don't get the core experience right and all of this stuff on the side makes no sense whatsoever it's no value if you if the if the core the, the stuff in the middle the actual 
you know, kind of reason for buying it in the first place is no good. Absolutely um, and, right. And, it, and, it, and if this stuff gets in the way, then who the hell wants it? Nobody wants it. So let's take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll do some feedback. We'll give some love to our sponsor, MaxSales.com, and uh, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchard, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month, I gather together a panel of Apple followers, and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000-foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Back here on Tech Fan Podcast. This episode is sponsored by MacSales.com. You know, David, a lot of people are looking forward to the new Macs that they've got to be coming soon. Look, I, I had a I'm, I'm Angered by Apple episode just not too long ago, as you yeah. well remember. Yep. And when Apple does release the new Macs, and I have to assume it's going to be this year, I mean, at least a few of them. And there's rumors going around about a new Mac. Book Pro with an OE, uh, OLED screen built uh, right above the keyboard, replacing the F keys. Eh, okay, I don't care. Um, but you know it's going to have USB-C. Pretty sure. And knowing Apple, it'll probably have, because it's going to be the Pro model, it'll have two USB-C ports. Wouldn't that the be lux, awesome? Lux, the lux, you have so many ports you won't know what to do with. I know. <laughs> you know, it, oh. But take heart, people. If Apple does release a Mac with just USB-C ports, no USB 3, no HDMI out, OWC, MacSales.com will have you covered. So they have a USB-C dock that you can color match with currently with the MacBooks. And I'm sure they'll have something updated for the new MacBook Pro line. This will give you uh, two USB 3.1 standard A dock uh, dock ports. It'll give you two high-powered USB 3 ports. Uh, One standard USB-C, so you get it back. HDMI, an SD card slot, gigabit Ethernet, and audio input and output combo jack. Because Lord knows... Apple's getting rid of audio ports, it seems, and why not get rid of them on your Mac? Who knows? They might be doing that. So if Apple does come out, don't freak out. Simply go to MacSales.com and pick up one of these ports or one of these docks because I personally think that's a great solution. If you're taking your Mac on the road, you probably don't need to plug a bunch of stuff in it, like the current MacBook. I mean, that's kind of a road warriors. I'm just going to be doing some typing, checking my emails, browsing the internet while I'm at the hotel. And that's perfect for a MacBook Pro or a MacBook. But when you get home, if that's still your main computer, or if Apple does release a new MacBook Pro without all the ports, there's your solution right there. You just plug this into the USB-C port and you're good to go. You got all your ports back. And not only that, this will charge your computer as well. It absolutely will. Yep. So... Thank you very much to MacSales.com for sponsoring this episode of TechFan. We do appreciate it very, very much. Uh, we did get a little bit of feedback on the last episode. I don't. I. <laughs> it's funny, you know. I I posted the uh, the show with Owen called Old Tech, uh-huh. and Steve Sheridan uh, posted uh, the Star the Star Tech was my first cell phone and my favorite for several years. Always reminded me of the. The original series, Communicator, which was Star Trek. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Uh, Brendan sent a really long email about uh, the washer-dryer. He did. And let's see if we can kind of pricey this a bit because uh, it's a bit long for, for reading straight on the show. So um, he's not real excited about um, having the cloud stuff in the washer-dryers. And, you know, the thing is, I understand that if this washer and dryer relied on the cloud, and it doesn't. And, yeah. and you know, last week he even said they're not even sure what they're going to do with it. It's a great way to, to push updates to make it more efficient. Um, but if you want it, it's there. You know, it's it's... <laughs> It could have a camera inside of the washing or dryer. It could send you notifications when it's done. It could do a lot of cool stuff. But if you don't want to use any of that, you don't have to at all. 
Yeah. So, um, I, well, you know, yeah, that, that, I mean, that's the point. I guess given the, given the discussion we've just had about turning, uh, putting software in immediately having to download huge updates, there is a risk. I think, I think what, one of the things that worries people about those, there's two things that worries people about Internet of Things. First of all is security in, in having some. Um, to date, a lot of the suppliers of this stuff, the security has been a bit woeful. That's a concern. And then the second thing is that is that yeah, we may end up in this situation where you bring an appliance home, you turn it on immediately, it insists on connecting back to some sort of mothership before it'll do what you want it to. Um, and that that is a concern because it's happening now. Yep. Um, and all we can do is, as consumers, is not buy the devices that do that. Um, and we'll Absolutely. see whether this, yeah, with this Internet of Things, you know, thing comes on. As I said earlier on the show, I, to me, this becomes more interesting to me when there's some sort of things bringing all this stuff together, rather than each one going back to a particular manufacturer's website. That's that's uh, if each one's reinventing the wheel every time. That's less interest to me. There's more risk in, in my mind for security and that sort of stuff. Um, so that that's really what I'm. Uh, what I'm interested in, but what the other thing is that is that Brendan um, talks about is really the difference between the U.S. market for washer dryers and the um, the U.K. market. Um, and, and and this was something that actually did occur to me at the it was at the start of start of the show. I think Glenn did kind of address it a little bit. Um, he mentioned that um, we can get front loading combo machines here in the here in, in Europe. Um, and he said that a lot of them are, are not vented and therefore they're, they're not very good. I'd always understood one of the issues with a... If you think about uh, a typical um, a washer versus a dryer, a washer tends to have a much smaller drum, the dryer has a bigger drum, and I always understood that it's the actual... the tumbling, the, the, the clothes falling through the hot air that does a lot of the drying, whether they're vented or not. And if you don't have a big drum because it's actually a combination, then that means the drying performance is not as good purely because the, the clothes aren't falling through the air as far and it, that's why it takes longer which is why those combo machines have never done have never been hugely successful here in the here it's certainly here in the uk anyway so i don't know whether that's part of the mix of the problem that needs to be solved um but but yes yeah, certainly here in here in the uk we often do not have the room for well our, de- our, our devices are much smaller than yours because we don't have the space in our in our houses and i would um, imagine the average uh person in the UK is not as big as an average American, so thus the clothes are smaller. Yeah, a, <laughs> I, I, I don't have any stats on that, so yeah. I wouldn't care to comment. Well, I was at Walmart yesterday, I remember, so I've got some <laughs> stats. <laughs> um, certainly, you know, uh, it, it is, it, it's always going to be a challenge, and I, I think nobody has invented the perfect machine, that's for sure. So no. the fact that Glenn and his guys are out there trying to think of better machines than what's currently on the market um, and being smaller and more agile and more nimble you would imagine that they would perhaps come to better solutions more quickly than Whirlpool and all the other big manufacturers who have to protect their margins I was actually reading an article this, this morning apparently there, there's a brand of tumble dries here in the UK that have been catching fire and um, Effectively, this was a coroner's report saying somebody had been killed in the fire started on these machines. And the manufacturer's response, it was Beko, was the manufacturer, uh-huh. said, um, oh, yeah, well, that particular model, we thought there was an occasional issue with it, but most of the time it didn't catch fire while people weren't around, so we didn't bother recalling it. Um, and we thought that was okay. Uh, and the thing is still really safe, so don't worry about it. And this is their response to a coroner's report saying this this machine had killed one of their loyal customers. So I, I felt a bit uncomfortable about that, really. I thought that, um, you know, any, any death attributable to, to, to your machine is probably one too many, really, rather than to kind of take the Ford Pinto approach of, okay, well, you know, if, if, if we're not going to get legally challenged for it because there's not been too many deaths, then that's that's an acceptable risk but uh i don't know i guess that's modern manufacturing for you and modern corporate liability and responsibility it's about not necessarily doing the right thing but just doing the most cost effective thing i've just dropped the cable out of my laptop so i'm just going to plug that back in there there we go um so uh yeah that was kind of disturbing to think 
think that um, <laughs> you can be killed by your tumble dryer and that's viewed as acceptable losses kind of like we're in a war <laughs> I don't know I, I never thought I was at war with laundry but um, maybe I am and who, who knows perhaps collateral damage from um, the laundry wars is an acceptable practice hmm yeah. I'm, I'm going to pretend that I listened to all that, but I, I the, li- the listener should know that I actually stepped away right there because I had to use the bathroom really bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody detected the thing. They didn't didn't think I was filling at all. <laughs> <laughs> My message today was, keep going, I got to pee. <laughs> you think I'd have done that at the break, you know, like two minutes before, but so, I'd have to go then. Oh, there you go. Oh my God! At the end of last week's interview, I oh my teeth were floating, dude. I swear to God, I was looking for any like okay, wrap it, wrap it, wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> Do I got an empty bottle anywhere near? <laughs> no, that'll make too much noise. <laughs> yes, it was okay. So, so here we here's our next Kickstarter project. It's the podcast catheter. <laughs> Oh, man. So I'm doing another show today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, 5 o'clock my time, uh, 3 o'clock central. Uh, oh, was it Mountain? I think it was Mountain. Yeah, it was Mountain. Uh, John Martellaro, who has... He wor- he wrote for Apple Links way, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. He was at Apple for a while. Worked with the scientific community at Apple. I know that. Uh, and then he went to, I think he wrote a little bit for us, maybe, at my Mac. Let me, you know what? I'm not sure. He did. did he? I'm sure he did. It seems like he did. By the way, did, have you looked at the new design of MyMac.com? I have not, because I've not been here. Oh, you should look at that sometime. Probably not right now, because your, your connection sucks. And, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he, well, maybe. Yeah, I guess he did a, a couple things at my Mac. Not a lot. But he's done a few things at my Mac. Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. But it was like 16 years ago. But he's been at the Mac Observer for a very long time now. Uh, he's a great writer. I always enjoy his stuff when I read it over at Mac Observer. And I'll be the first to admit, though, I don't read everything because, you know, busy. Yeah. Um, but that being said, he's a great writer. I think he fits in really good with the other guys at the Mac Observer with Brian and those guys. And by the way, I finished Brian Chafin's book. I know I talked about that here on the show the last time you were here. Really good. Really liked it. Yeah. We have, I've been discussing it with him. I, I like it a lot. Um, he has a show, he being John Martellaro, and it's called uh, Background Mode. Mm-hmm. And Dave Hamilton calls it the Charlie Rose of the Mac Observer. So okay. interesting. Uh, you yeah. know, we we did have him back on the MyMac podcast. We had him on episode 94 with David Avery. Uh, we had him on 78. Uh, and we had him on number 98. So he's been on the MyMac podcast, you know, way back in the day. That was like 2006. That was all 2006. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, why not? I'll do it. Why, yeah. I, don't, I have no clue what we're going to talk about. I don't cool. even know when it's going to go live. Uh, probably not today. Like, this show will be live within an hour of us finishing. Uh, he might actually put some effort into <laughs> editing his shows, <laughs> which we clearly don't do here. Uh, of course, look, people say, yeah, I'll, I'll be talking to other podcasters and they're, they always want to start getting into post-production. What do they do for post-production? How much editing and all that? And when I'm asked, I'm like, I, I generally don't do hardly any. They're like, well, wait, wait a minute. How could you not do any? You want it to sound good. You want to edit out the icky parts of the show. Well, okay. A, it usually sounds pretty good. We had, you know, that ep- that episode just recently that the annoying wine was in the background on your channel the whole time. But we fixed that now. Yeah. I think it was that pair of headphones. Although it may be doing it right now. I don't know. Yeah. I can't hear it while it's recording. So if it messes up, I just send David a text and he drops his audio into Dropbox and I pull it in. We're good to go. 
You are recording, right? I am. <laughs> well, you are on vacation for, you know, like two and a half weeks. So you'd, it, it, you would have been forgiven had you forgotten. I did remember that. Uh, but as far as editing out the the stuff in the background, I mean, you heard the last episode. He even yeah. said you have to edit that out or something. And I was like, no, yeah. I, I don't edit that stuff out. That's what makes a podcast a podcast. It's not a radio show. It's not Charlie Rose. This is as it happened, when we were recording, the dogs barked. Let's just keep going. I think I think that works for our audience. It sometimes doesn't work for others. I know I, I had uh, the accidental tech people recently talking about um, post production and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. They, you know, they're very interested in getting the highest quality, and um, they clearly do some editing to their show as well, and that's absolutely fine. It's well, each one of those guys records their own audio and then they combine it. They do, and, and and I think they, you know, they they do various other things. So they were talking about there was a long technical discussion about the dig, Clark. Uh, Marco, my, yeah, Marco Marco Arment obviously creates. Um, he's a creator of a podcast app, so he's particularly interested in this. And they were talking about variable bitrate files versus constant bitrate files, and the problems that causes with podcast players and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, so they talked about the workflow and, and how they generate things as part of that. And it was interesting, and, uh, you know, I can see absolutely where they're coming from. I think different audiences expect different things. Some shows go for a very high, very hot, polished production value, almost like radio or better, and that's absolutely fine if that's the, kind of the ethos of your show. Our show is not like that. Our show is, you know, it's two guys talking about stuff or it's an interview with somebody else talking about stuff and yeah we like to kind of do it real and raw because i think we get regular feedback that, that our listeners enjoy that and um yeah. enjoy the fact that, that that it is off the cuff and and straight as it comes and it's not been massively polished and it doesn't have particularly have an agenda or or anything like that and i i think that's that's one of the ways i like to podcast because then people can't think that you're trying to skew things a certain way because you have to be very very skilled if you want to do that without you coming across and we're not that skilled frankly my dog is so, pacing i don't know what's going on with my one of my dogs keeps pacing back and forth i think i think he really wants to get in on this conversation Here he comes again and he's going the other <laughs> way i don't know what he's doing they don't usually yeah. do that it's like the dogs know though i put the headphones yeah. on i i pull the shiny thing towards my face and i start talking Generally, they're pretty quiet. They're pretty oh. quiet most of the time, to be honest. Yeah. But these are not small dogs. These are fairly big dogs. And if they make a noise on the show, then they make a noise. I mean, yeah. that's, 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 that's what I like about podcasting, though. Yeah. You can have the super polished stuff, and then you can have the the more raw stuff. You know, Guy Searle, for instance, is constantly tweaking this and that and how he records and the equipment and the audio drops. And that's cool. But that's not what I do. I'm yeah. we're using the same equipment basically to record that I've had for over a decade. Yeah. And I think personally for me, that's even more cool because look, I'm using this old stuff and it works great. And look, other than the the wine and occasionally your audio isn't the greatest because of your internet connection, although it has been better lately, I'll, I will give it that. Um I think our show audio quality-wise holds up to anybody else's. Yeah, I would hope so, and, and certainly, yeah, we don't want to make it so rough that listeners hate it uh, or hate listening to it. Absolutely, and you know, so if we do have a technical snafu, then we've got to fix that. But I'm um, just a, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer of if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> absolutely, but I'm the guy that just so, so, a half hour ago was talking about. Broke, right, it's not that bad. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm the guy that was trying to figure out how to hack my Apple TV and or my uh, Fire Stick TV and, and connect it to a monitor. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So I mean, you know, and I'm also the guy that put an SSD in a an old 17 inch MacBook Pro too. So I mean, I put um, uh, not so long back, I put a uh, SD card SSD into a PowerBook G4. Mm-hmm. Made it much better. It's definitely faster. It made it a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> The problem with with doing it on something that old is that you very quickly run into the limitations of the motherboard bus yeah. on something like that. So, uh, you know, probably not worth putting a, a $2,000 Enterprise class RAID SSD into something like that. So to wrap up this episode, we want to encourage you guys to send us feedback. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. That's where you can email us. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. Com. You can find us on Twitter at 
Tech Fan Podcast, and we are on the Facebook. Just look if if you don't want to remember URLs, just go to techfanpodcast.com and follow any of the social links, and you'll find us there. Um, yeah, it's you know, make sure you're checking out mymac.com. We I just did a huge. I'm still tweaking it to be honest, but. We just did a huge upgrade at my Mac. Um, you can see a lot more content on one page now than you could before. Uh, we moved all the ad stuff to the very bottom of the page. So it's very, very clean. Go ahead and look at it if you want to, David. I, I will do. Um, it's very clean. And I also kind of use the same WordPress template at uh, the Stoplight Network's website. So stoplightnetwork.com. It kind of looks similar. And I also updated that graphic the header image and all that. So tweaks, pull, push, twist, make things a little different. You got to keep up with that kind of stuff. And I, to be quite honest, David, I got pretty stagnant for the last six years with the MyMac website. Uh, it didn't really change. I would change the logo occasionally, but other than that, it pretty much stayed the same. When you mentioned it, um, uh, I'm not sure if it was the last show you did or the show before. <laughs> I must admit, I thought to myself, what, you're changing it again? You only just changed it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's got the same character. It's kind of got, you know, I didn't realize this at first. Somebody sent me an email. Uh, maybe it was a tweet. I forget. All the same at the end of the day. Uh, they said, you know, the the header image now kind of almost looks like a flag. I thought, oh, yeah, it kind of does. I didn't realize that until he said that and. Then I looked, I was like, I could see that. Yeah. But it's 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 just clean now. It's just so much yeah. cleaner. And at the end of the day, I prefer a clean look that focuses on the content that people are there to read rather than picture, 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 graphic, 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 ad, ad, ad. Yeah. You know, you'll never see graphics that drop or uh, ads that drop down in front of the content. You'll never say see anything that pops up and says, sign up to our newsletter. You'll never see that. We'll never block content. And we'll never marginalize the content. Because the content is what the site's about. It's not about making money. It's not about advertising. It's about the content. People go there to read the content and then move on. And if they have any lasting impression, it sh I hope that it's, well, that site is pretty clean and easy to read. Because, the look, the writers of the site deserve that. Yeah. They deserve to have their hard work reflected on the internet in a way that puts the, the focus there and, and re respects their content and their talent to write. That's what it should be about. Mm -hmm. At least that's my opinion. Yep. And too many, too many sites don't do that anymore. Mm. I know everyone's, everyone's off the page impressions and, Yep. So go to, go check out yes. Go check out mymac.com. I love it if you let us know what you think. Uh, you can let us know here on TechFan, or you can let Guy know on the MyMac podcast. You can even post right there underneath a review, article, how to, all kinds of stuff. And remember, we've got twenty one. That's right, two one twenty one years of content that you can look through at mymac.com. You can start reading now and go all the way to the end of the year and you still would not read all the content on the site. That's how much is there. And it's all original content. Stuff that was, well, with one exception. Um, uh, David Schwartz, I believe his name was, when he passed away, his website was going to go bye-bye. Thus, mm -hmm. all his stuff was gone. And I Look, the guy wasn't even that good of a friend of mine, uh, but he was a really good writer. And his wife gave me permission, or his family anyways, gave me permission to repost all that stuff with the correct dates at MyMac. So it's been preserved. So all that stuff is there, too. Uh, and so there was some stuff from Rodney Lane, who also passed away years ago. He wrote some stuff for Mac Attic. And I snagged it before that website, you know, went the 404 yeah. route. And so all that is at MyMac.com. But other than those two things... Everything is original content to my Mac or previously my Mac magazine. And I'm kind of proud of that, that we've got that kind of a heritage and history online that people can go and read at any time. And if you're not following the, the my Mac stuff on social media, both on Facebook and Twitter, uh, at least once a week, I will post something 
this happened so many years ago. Like I was posting uh, this week on social media, uh, Mike Gorman's cover from August of 1996 to an episode of, of uh, or an episode, an issue of My Mac Magazine. That's original content. That's it's artwork that was created 20 years ago. And not very many other sites can really do that. And those sites that can, honestly, David, they never post stuff to their old stuff. It's always about the new stuff. Yeah. And that's, I, you know, I get it. But, man, you got this heritage. you got this history. Share it. Let people know about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, as I say, everyone's often obsessed with uh, uh, page, page impressions, and, and they, they feel that only the latest stuff brings that brings that thing in. But that's where we are, I guess. Yeah. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode again. We'd love to get feedback from you. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And David and I will be back in one week or less.